The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. With your host, psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics. Brought to you by SSI Guardian, Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well. To learn more about the show or Dr. Peg's mental health consulting and publishing services, visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. It's a blessing to be with you today for another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. And we're coming to you out of Denver, Colorado on 94.7 KRKS and streaming around the world on 947krks.com. And don't forget, you can also download the KRKS app to listen live on your smartphone. If you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, be sure to go to Dr. Peg Radio. Dot com for the program archives. Next week is the Great American Smokeout, which is a day set aside to help smokers quit smoking and quit using tobacco products for at least one day with the hope that they will quit completely. Not only does the event challenge people to stop using tobacco, it also helps to raise awareness about the dangers of smoking and the many effective ways available to quit smoking permanently. It's great to have on the show with me again, Ms. LaTanisha Wright, who's a former big tobacco marketing executive and author of the memoir, Corporate Bullying Saved My Life. And she's also the founder of Follow the Signs, whose aim is to reduce tobacco-related disease, disability, and death by increasing awareness of tobacco industry retail marketing practices and also to motivate youth and adults who are enduring stress, bullying, abusive and unhealthy relationships, and other life challenges. LaTanisha Wright, thank you for being back with us again on the program. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And um, you've got quite the resume. Um, Former big tobacco marketing executive, author of just a page turner, uh, Corporate Bullying Saved My Life. And you were on the program um, some time ago talking about your experiences with corporate bullying and depression, and even suicidal thoughts. And so I'm so grateful to have you back today to help us bring awareness to the dangers of smoking and offer people information to help them quit. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. And so let's start with some statistics on smoking in the U.S. Uh, Every day when I'm out and about, I see people in their cars, standing at bus stops, walking, smoking cigarettes. It seems to be so prevalent What are some of the statistics? Well, in 2014, an estimated 40 million adults in the United States smoked cigarettes. And smoking is the leading cause of preventable disease and death in the United States. It does kill half a million Americans each year, with more than 41,000 of these deaths from exposure to secondhand smoke. And, you know, more than 16 million Americans live with a smoking-related disease. Wow. I mean, that's just incredible. Just millions and millions of adults, and and you haven't even talked to us yet about uh, youth and children. Um, Forty million adults and half a million killed. Did you say that's each year? Each year. Wow. 
And then we'll also talk about secondhand smoke, 41,000 affected by secondhand smoke uh, with people living with smokers. Um, sometimes people aren't aware of just how dangerous smoking really can be, even just to hear those statistics of millions of people die every year or over the course of several years. Um, what are some of the statistics on tobacco-related illness, disability, and death, and what some of those specific uh, illnesses might be? Well, according to the Centers for Disease Control, smokers are more likely than non-smokers to develop heart disease, stroke, and lung cancer. And smoking can cause cancer almost anywhere in the body. It damages nearly every organ in the body. And, you know, if no one smokes, then one of every three cancer deaths in the United States would not happen. Mm. Now, that's pretty amazing. I do a lot of 5K runs. I actually walk at the 5K runs. Uh, and many of them are for um, cancer-related research and treatments. And, you know, the sad thing is sometimes you'll see people finish a run or finish a workout, and they'll go light up a cigarette outside in the parking lot. Um, and so to know that so many cancers are actually related to smoking is really sad. Yep, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that you would see smokers light up after they run. Well, you know, nicotine, it's one of the world's most addictive substances. It's more addictive than heroin. Mm. So, you know, people who are running marathons, they're trying to be physically fit, and then, you know, they might not want to use cigarettes. They might not want to use tobacco, but that's just how addictive nicotine Mm. is. And can you tell us more about nicotine? What, What is it actually? Does it occur naturally in tobacco and also all the other ingredients in a cigarette. I think people would be surprised to know what's actually in a cigarette. Exactly. Well, well, nicotine is, is included in the tobacco leaf. It occurs naturally, mm-hmm. but also after the tobacco leaf is cured, after it's dried, the tobacco tree sprays tobacco products with additional nicotine. Now, when you think about using tobacco products, you have to worry about not only the nicotine, but the menthol, other flavors, you have to worry about secondhand smoke, thirdhand smoke, and then when it comes down to electronic nicotine delivery devices, you have to worry about that gas that's released. It's not water vapor; it's a gas. So to begin with, nicotine, it there, you know, there are several different hazards. I mean, it slows your bone and wound healing. Mm. It causes increased blood sugar and, and blood pressure. It causes cardiovascular and immune disorders, and can cause birth defects as well as severe allergic reactions. Um, nicotine can also cause anxiety. So let's say someone suffers from panic attacks. They might have a harder time quitting due to the symptoms of nicotine withdrawal, which is increased heart rate. So there are several different hazards that nicotine causes. Next is menthol. Now, menthol is found in most tobacco products. It's a mint-derived substance. The original use of menthol in cigarettes was to mask the bitter taste of nicotine and elements in smoke because tobacco does not taste it. Now, because menthol is minty, many menthol smokers tend to take deeper drags on their cigarettes and therefore inhale more toxic chemicals, more smoke, more carbon monoxide, which makes your menthol products potentially more hazardous than non-menthol products. The other issue with menthol is, is that it tends to be a starter product for youth because it is a flavor. And your menthol smokers, they also tend to have a more difficult time quitting than non-menthol smokers. So that's nicotine, menthol. Next, you have secondhand smoke, which is 
um, the combination of two different smokes. It's the mixture of mainstream smoke, which is exhaled by the smoker, and side stream smoke, which comes from the end of a burning tobacco product. And, you know, there's no safe level of secondhand smoke exposure. It causes strokes. It causes a list of, of cancers, miscarriages, stillbirth, low birth weight, SIDS. It causes a, a lot of different hazards. Mm. Um, and then next, you have thirdhand smoke, which a lot of people don't know about. But thirdhand smoke is simply the smell of tobacco well after it's been extinguished. This smell clings to hair, clothes. It's especially hazardous to youth and babies because they crawl around and touch everything like the furniture, the carpet. Uh, the most important thing to understand that if you can smell tobacco smoke, if you can just smell it, you're breathing in toxins. Now, next you have that vapor that your electronic nicotine delivery devices release. The tobacco industry says that the vapor is water, but it's not. It's gas. And that gas contains nicotine, metals, toxins and chemicals that can lead to cancer. So, you know, the best thing to do is not use these products. Don't experiment with these products. And remember that the tobacco industry is in the business of selling nicotine, mm. and they'll do anything to sell it. Mm-hmm. So nicotine is the thing that's most addictive. So you could even just think of cigarettes and e-cigarettes and other tobacco products as nicotine delivery devices, that it's the medium by which the manufacturer is trying to get people hooked on nicotine. Would that be a fair statement? Yes, it is. It, that is a fair statement. You know, like I said, they're in the business of selling nicotine. Mm. Wow. So you, you covered a lot of things. I want to go back and talk a little bit more about secondhand smoke and um, thirdhand smoke, because I think that might be a new concept for some of our listeners. Um, secondhand smoke uh, is what's exhaled and what's just burning off the cigarette, which um, I think many of us who are sensitive uh, to the problem of secondhand smoke, we're just mainly thinking of that smoke burning off the cigarette. Uh, I park my car in an area where um, smokers gather on their break when they come out of uh, the office building. And I'm very aware of walking through, I call it the the cigarette smoker's gauntlet. (laughs) You know, we can probably say the gauntlet of death from all the statistics you just gave us. Um, And so I'm mindful of the cigarette smoke burning off the cigarette. Um, But certainly there's also what's being exhaled. And then you talked about third-hand smoke. Just if you have that lingering smell on you, you've been exposed to toxic uh, chemicals. I've had coworkers who... Um, smoke at home on their way, to, you know, before they get in the car for work. They smoke all the way in the car on their way to work with the windows up and come into the office thinking everything's fine, but you can smell like that trail of smoke behind them. So you're saying that that's a hazard as well. That is a hazard. It, it can cause allergic reactions, asthma, pneumonia. Mm. You know, I, I actually have asthma, and there's a a guy at the gym that likes to get on the Stairmaster next to me, and he's a smoker. Mm. And I have to get off of the machine and go use my inhaler mm. every mm. time. You know, you, if you can imagine how hard you're breathing when you're working out, just the smell triggers my asthma. Mm-hmm. So being in an enclosed space next to a smoker, even if they aren't smoking next to you, could be hazardous. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So that's something for loved ones to be aware of. Those who think, well, you know, I'm smoking. I know it's bad for me, um, but I'm only hurting myself. Uh, we're now armed with some information 
to share with our loved ones that actually know you're not just hurting yourself, you're hurting those around you whom you love and maybe even strangers. That's right. Wow. Now, these can talk a little bit more about the e-cigarettes because those are really being um, promoted, especially to young people. They're kind of being um, presented as something really cool and maybe safer than traditional cigarettes. Can you say more about what those really are and um, what's it, how they function? I'm not even sure how they how they work. What what they consist of. Well, your electronic nicotine delivery devices are battery-operated devices. Some are rechargeable. And basically, you have a nicotine cartridge that has a, and also a battery, and the cartridge heats up and produces a vapor, okay? There's no secondhand smoke because there's no tobacco in your electronic nicotine delivery devices. It's just nicotine. Now, in, um, in addition to your nicotine, there's flavors. So your ends are available in over 8,000 flavors, including gummy bear, uh, cotton candy, Mm. just flavors that youth are drawn to. A lot of young people don't understand that, okay, you know the nicotine is hazardous, but you but you don't know about the flavors. So your flavors can produce some hazards. Mm. There's aldehyde, carbone, and propylene glycol. Okay, these are ingredients in the flavors. And they can cause a list of diseases and allergic reactions as well. Um, another thing to know is that the gas that is released, it, it can cause seizures, seizures, disorientation. It can cause ice, road, and airway irritation, asthma, pneumonia, and the inability to breathe. Now, because this is a new product, we're still conducting research on the hazards of your e-cigarettes and, you know, your vapors. And it's just important to know that, you know, it took us an entire lifetime to learn the hazards of cigarettes. We're still learning the hazards of cigarettes. We need time to do, conduct more research on your electronic nicotine delivery devices uh, before we can share the true impact of using this product. Right, and because it, it may take years to actually experience all of the cumulative negative effects. And so you're saying it's you know a whole generation of research of, of um, adults who've been smoking their whole lives. We now have a better understanding of the impact, and it's going to take time to actually know just how dangerous e-cigarettes really are. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listeners, uh, my guest today is LaTanisha Wright, uh, big tobacco marketing executive, author of the memoir, Corporate Bullying Saved My Life. She's also the founder of Follow the Signs, and you can uh, go to her website at follow-the-signs-is-it-com, LaTanisha? Yes, that's right. .com. Thanks so much. Now, these numbers are more than just statistics, aren't they? they? They reflect real, live people. Exactly. You know... I met a woman at a conference when I first began speaking out against the tobacco industry. And it was a conference that most of the attendees were were physicians. And her question was, my babies died of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. How did this happen? You know, none of my doctors can tell me what what I did wrong or or what happened to my baby. I want to know. And none of the doctors could give her a clear answer to why her, her, her daughter died of, of SIDS. But after the conference, I saw her outside smoking a cigarette. Mm. And I asked her, you know, were you smoking? Uh, you know, how long have you been smoking? Were you smoking around your child, around your baby? And she said she would go outside to, to smoke a cigarette and then come back inside the house. And she thought that was something 
good, something that she was doing to prevent her, 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 her family or keep her family safe. But actually with SIDS, um, if you go outside, you get the, the third-hand smoke all on your clothes, you come back in, you hold your baby, mm. that can cause SIDS. Simply the smell collecting in the, in, in the, in the clothing can cause your, your baby to die from sudden mm. infant death syndrome. And, you know, I've, I've, I have so many stories of people that, that, that have lost loved ones to smoking, people that have become sick with cancer, people that are currently suffering from cancer, um, folks that have had body parts amputated from using tobacco. And a lot of those people, when they began using tobacco, did not know the true habits of tobacco. Hmm. You know, yeah, uh, they, they fell for the tobacco industry advertising. You know, the tobacco industry once said that, that smoking cured coats, that, um, you know, smoking was a, a cure-all product. It, it, it was used to address wounds. So hmm. people believed that. They believed what the tobacco industry told them. They used tobacco, and, and years later, they suffered from tobacco-related disease, disability, and death. Hmm. Well, tell us more about the tobacco industry, because you would think with all this information, I grew up with the public service announcements about smoking, you know, the dangers of smoking, I should say. I grew up, of course, with the marketing back when it was legal to advertise smoking, uh, uh, advertise cigarettes on television and all of that. Um, but we also grew up with the public service announcements about the dangers of smoking. So people are, I would imagine most people are not ignorant to the dangers of smoking. So there must be something about the tobacco industry and how they communicate. As you said, they are, they misrepresent um, the truth by saying that it's actually a cure-all when it's actually quite dangerous. Can you share more about how the tobacco industry evolved and some of the philosophies that it's built on in terms of their big business practices? Okay, well, um, cigarettes became a widespread product after the cigarette machine was invented in the 1880s, and it became a major product in the early 1900s. Now, the 1964 Surgeon General's Report on Smoking and Health was the first federal government report that linked smoking and ill health, including lung cancer and heart disease. And 50 years later, in 2014, the Surgeon General's Report on Smoking and Health reported that smoking causes 13 different cancers. Mm. Now, you have your Surgeon General's Report on Smoking and Health. You have your, your scientific studies on how hazardous tobacco is. But marketing, tobacco marketing, plays an important role in consumer purchasing decisions. Okay? Um, if you have a, 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 a tobacco ad let's say at a store, because the tobacco industry is no longer allowed to advertise tobacco products on television. But let's say that, that there is a, a, an ad at a store that's showing young people using tobacco and they're, they're happy and they're well fit. You know, that might just, just lure people in to use that product. That ad alone might just make someone feel like, oh, well, they look happy in that ad. Let me try to see if I can feel happy today. Let me try this product. You know, the tobacco industry, they, they've operated – with fraudulent and unlawful business practices that have resulted in more than 5 million deaths annually across the globe. They know how to market this product. They are marketing geniuses. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the problem is with the products, though, is, is that the tobacco industry has, has created products that are unreasonably dangerous. They have suppressed research. They've created doubt. They've lied about the hazards of tobacco. They, they're a powerful and corrupt industry. They have a lot of money, a lot of money to spend on advertising, mm. a lot of money to spend on lawsuits. You know, so when people are suing the tobacco industry um, for 
losing a loved one, they they have the money to fight those those to, to fight those losses. Mm-hmm. They're just a powerful industry. Yeah, and there's a lot of secrecy around it, isn't there? Oh yes, I mean the tobacco industry, they are serious about keeping their secret secret. For example, in 1998, Big Tobacco was ordered to release internal tobacco documents to to the public. They released 40 million documents, but they destroyed the rest. They destroyed millions of documents. And they did this because they did not want the public to know the truth about their products. They didn't want the public to know the truth about predatory marketing tactics aimed at youth, how they, they work to lure in young people, how they work to keep current tobacco users using tobacco, how they work to keep non-tobacco users or how they work to try to influence non-tobacco users to use tobacco. You know, it, they, they are a corrupt industry. And not only do they, they work to keep their secrets away from the public, but they also withhold information about tobacco products from their own employees. Mm. Now, for example, between... 1998 and 2004, the tobacco industry secretly increased nicotine and menthol levels in order to sustain nicotine addiction and keep people hooked. Now, I worked for the tobacco industry during the secret nicotine increase, and I was getting, you know, reports from smokers that their cigarettes tasted different. The blend tasted different. They had a more harsh taste. And when I took these complaints to my company's headquarters, they said, oh, no, we didn't change the blend. Oh, no, it's just all in the user's mind. There, there was no change. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until after I resigned from the tobacco industry that I learned that there was a secret increase in nicotine and menthol. Mm. Now, those practices carry over into their HR policies and hiring and recruitment. Say more about how you ended up in working in the tobacco industry as a recent college graduate. Well, you know, the tobacco industry knows that young recent graduates are often in debt and seeking freedom from their parents. So in 2001, I attended a job fair, and all the big tobacco companies were there. They offered me a a $20,000 salary increase from what I previously earned, $5,500 signing bonus, quarterly bonuses, company cards, guaranteed salary increases. You know, I was a year out of college. I was told that I would enjoy a six-figure annual income before my 30s if I just worked hard and took pride in my work. And, you know, I was with the tobacco industry for three years. And I, before, you know, the five, that five-year span, I was making six figures. Um, so they definitely enticed me with the financial um, incentive, mm-hmm. which they do with, you know, a lot are all the young people. Mm-hmm. And you shared a little bit about... Um the corporate bullying you experienced in the um, program that you were on previously. And listeners, you can go into the archives archives at drpegradio.com to hear LaTanisha's story. Um, but th- it was rumored or suggested that anyone who violated the confidentiality agreements and the secrecy that, that you were sworn by as an employee would actually um, perhaps face bodily harm. Is that is that correct? That is correct. All tobacco industry employees must sign a code of compliance agreeing to never tell tobacco industry secrets. And as a part of my training class, I was told that if you tell industry secrets, you will receive death threats. We will try to hurt you, and we'll try to prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. And, I, you know, I remained low-key for the first 10 years of speaking out against the tobacco industry. 
But in 2013, I testified against big tobacco in New York City. And then, as promised, the death, the death threats came. Mm. Wow. And so um, thank God you're still here and with us here to educate the public about the dangers of smoking. And hopefully even if there's some um, young people listening who might have thought this sounded like an attractive career option, what would you say to them? I would tell them that no amount of money is worth your soul. You know, the factory loses are half a million Americans die each year from smoking. Do you really want that on your conscience? Mm-hmm. You know, it's been several years since I've worked for the tobacco industry, and I still feel guilty. Yeah. So it's not worth it. Yes, thank you for that. You're listening to La Tanisha Wright, former big tobacco marketing executive and author of Corporate Bullying Saved My Life. This is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. And when we come back, we'll learn more about those predatory marketing practices and how the tobacco industry has targeted youth. Stay with us. We'll hear from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Defense Secretary Ash Carter says two U.S. servicemen and two American contractors have been killed in an explosion at Bagram Airfield in Afghanistan. Sixteen U.S. service members and one Polish soldier wounded. The Taliban claim responsibility for the attack carried out by a suicide bomber inside the base. Protests over the election of Donald Trump continue around the country. Police say about 200 arrested last night in Los Angeles out of control in Portland, Oregon, as hundreds marched through the city disrupting traffic and spray paint graffiti. Police say one person was shot in a confrontation with a man who drove off. Dungeons and Dragons inducted alongside Fisher Price's Little People and The Swing. The three chosen from a list of finalists speeding out the coloring book. Transformers and Rock'em Sock'em Robots. They'll be displayed at the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York. Dungeons and Dragons first published in 1974, now on its fifth edition. SRN News. concerned about outliving your money? How would you like to have guaranteed growth in a lifetime of income you could never outlive? Join Brett Roby for the Retirement and Income Radio Show on Saturday from 1130 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS. You can also call Brett Roby now for your free customized Safe Information Money Kit and 115-page Safe Money Book at 866-780-7233. That's 866-780-7233. 866-780-SAFE. What can you say to the Jehovah's Witness at your door? Pathway to Victory wants you to have a booklet that compares 16 religions, sects, cults, and other new religious groups side-by-side from a Christian point of view, written by Pastor Robert Jeffress, our gift to you. 
log on to our station website, use the keyword Pathway. You'll also be entered to win a tour of Israel with Pastor Jeffress. Log on. For more information, go to krks.com. If you have hard water, the lime scale not only leaves white spots, it clogs pipes and breaks down appliances, costing you hundreds of dollars in energy and wear. Eliminate lime scale and other water issues like brown staining, bad odors, and lead with HydroCare water products available from Wave Home Solutions. Wave's affordable systems don't use salts or chemicals. You'll love the way your water tastes, smells, and looks. Satisfaction guaranteed. For more information, go to goodclearwater.com. That's goodclearwater.com. Hi, I'm Tony Sterniola, a Christian divorce attorney. My first advice is to keep your marriage together if possible. But if that is not possible, I'm here to provide you with caring legal help to move forward and still honor the Lord. We will help you honor your stewardship of your money and children. Our goal is to assist you on the road to peace and direction in this difficult time. So call me, Tony Sterniolo, today at 303-831-4400. That's 303-831-4400. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with La Tanisha Wright, former Big Tobacco marketing executive and author of Corporate Bullying Saved My Life. You can go to follow-the-signs.com to learn more about her and to purchase her book. Next week is also The Great American Smokeout which is a day set aside to help smokers quit smoking and quit using tobacco products with the hope that they'll quit completely after that one day of taking a break. And we hope that you will take the challenge if you are a smoker and quit for the day or permanently. And LaTanisha, we're talking a lot about a lot of the negatives of smoking, but it's not for anyone to feel guilty or bad or condemned. We really want to provide people with information so they can make a choice for themselves to keep themselves healthy. Right, right. And that can be tough, though, as you said, because there's such aggressive marketing practices that have been referred to as predatory. Say more about that. Well, you know, the tobacco industry loses thousands of customers per day. Thousands quit, thousands die. Mm. If the tobacco industry does not replace the customers that they lose, then they'll go out of business. Now, it's no secret that the tobacco tree targets young people to replace those tobacco users that quit or die. Mm. Uh, for example, in 1981, a leading tobacco company said, today's teenager is tomorrow's potential regular customer. And the overwhelming majority of, of smokers first start while they're still in their teens. Mm. Now, tobacco products are constantly evolving to attract new users, especially youth. You have little cigars, cigarellos, uh, some of your smokeless tobacco products, and many of your new emerging electronic smoking devices. They come in a variety of flavors. They're inexpensive. They're packaged like candy. They smell sweet like candy, and they're strategically placed near candy at the retail level. So when you go to the gas station, just take a look at how the tobacco tree places those products near candy, near snacks. Now, not only does the tobacco tree target young people, but they also target vulnerable populations. In 1992, another leading tobacco company said, we don't smoke that mess. We reserve the right to sell it to the young, the poor, the black, and the stupid. Now, the young 
the poor, the black, and the stupid. The greatest single predictor of tobacco use is low socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. Your income, your education, your work status, and where you live all impact smoking prevalence. Now, vulnerable populations, just like youth, they're highly receptive to marketing. And tobacco companies, they know this, and they burden these communities with excessive tobacco advertising and discounting. And the sad thing is the tobacco industry knows that many low-income residents don't have adequate insurance to help you know, survive a smoking-related disease, but they still burden these communities, these low-income residents, with predatory marketing tactics. Mm-hmm. I remember from the presentation uh, that you made here in Denver when I first met you, just an outstanding, um, informative, multimedia, engaging presentation. I learned so much, and that's why I have you on the show today. You shared uh, lots of visual images uh, that show the advertising and the, the branding and the colors and the images and the characters on the packaging uh, to to attract young users, and in fact, um, some of the products that they sell have nothing to do with tobacco, but it's the same exact fonts and colors and images and characters on, say, a, a toy car or some other thing that a child would be attracted to. And uh, anyone who's ever studied Psych 101 remembers classical conditioning, just associating those stimuli together um, creates a preference for it when you see it later. Um, and so a lot of the marketing is occurring around things that actually have nothing to do with smoking just to get that brand, um, that image, those colors uh, into the subconscious mind of youth when it's time for them to choose a cigarette. That's going to seem familiar. It's going to feel attractive to them. Exactly. You know, you have to pay attention to how the tobacco tree places these ads at retail. Like They will place ads below the door handle, mm. like, for example, with Cole cigarettes, Cole has interlocking O's as part of the brand name, mm-hmm. and you might go to a retail store and see just the interlocking O's below the door handle. Mm. Well, if you don't know that's the Cole um, logo, then you're not going to know that that's a tobacco ad. Uh, but the tobacco tree does this. They place ads very low below the door handle to get those kids looking at the ads. And... Um, Another thing is those pack designs. Your, your pack designs and the pack displays behind the counter, they're designed to trigger tobacco use. If you look at those tobacco displays, in many cases they're colorful and they're well lit. Mm. You know, So this is when, when a child is standing in a store trying to make a purchase of candy, they're not going to have anything other to look at other than the tobacco display. Mm. And it goes the same with those folks that are currently using tobacco and those people that are trying to quit when they're standing in line inside of the store the only thing they're going to have to look at are those tobacco Mm. ads which do trigger tobacco use yes it's hard to resist um i've also seen where tobacco companies will sponsor parties as well as have websites gaming websites again just to get that brand loyalty they may not be talking about cigarettes at the time but they're they're kind of brainwashing um, youth, uh, f- again, for the imaging, for the branding. So you make that subconscious choice when it's time to decide you're going to start smoking. Which brand will you choose? Well, the one you've been brainwashed and programmed for years to select. Exactly. I mean, I have attended tobacco-sponsored events doing, you know, doing surveillance. 
And a lot of young people have no idea it's a tobacco sponsored mm. event. You don't see the brand name, but you do see the logo. And like, like for example, with Camel cigarettes, there's a camel. You will see camel all, camels all over the place. Mm. Uh, a lot of yellow and black everywhere. Um, so you know, you just you just have to be vigilant, pay attention. The tobacco industry is present, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't want to attend a tobacco sponsored event. You don't you don't want to speak with a tobacco industry representative. You don't want to get any coupons or, or get any tobacco products from the tobacco street because that's just going to lead you into a lifetime of addiction. Mm-hmm. And talk about some of the store owners and retailers. You mentioned discounts, uh, that they provide discounts to the retailer because we know that if someone's a smoker, uh, where they can get their cigarettes the, the cheapest is where they're also going to buy their gas and their soda and their potato chips and whatever other convenience items they may need. So say more about how how retail is targeted. Well, part of my job with the tobacco industry as a marketing manager was to build and sustain relationships with, with tobacco retailers. And the purpose of building the relationship with the retailers was to basically encourage retailers to enter a business partnership with the tobacco industry. If the retailer agreed or when the retailer agreed to work with the tobacco industry, they'd be offered a contract. Once they signed the contract, that store's tobacco category, so the tobacco displays and all the signs would then belong to the tobacco industry, and they would have control uh, or the ability to manipulate the marketing, to manipulate where the signs are placed, how they're placed, the quantity of signs, and so on. Um, so actually, when your your retailers, when they partner with the tobacco industry, they get financial incentive to discount tobacco. They get free advertising, but they lose control of their store. Mm. And they often feel intimidated. You know, after they, they sign the contract, they feel intimidated to reduce or alter dispute excessive tobacco marketing in their own store. Wow. That's something. Well, thank God there have been... Uh, changes in the law regarding youth and advertising, and that started with some lawsuits, didn't it? It did. Um, actually, there are two major laws that that work to protect people at the retail level, and the first one is the 1998 Master Settlement Agreement, which settled Medicaid lawsuits against the tobacco industry for the recovery of tobacco-related health care costs. And, um, you know, this law, it, it does work to protect youth. It, it prohibits the tobacco industry from targeting youth with advertising and promotions and products, uh, in particular products or ads with cartoon graphics. Um, so some folks out there might remember Joe Camel and Cole the Penguin. Mm-hmm. These two mascots were meant to die mm-hmm. with, the, with the Master Settlement Agreement. Uh, the Master Settlement Agreement also restricts large outdoor advertising and advertising that we once saw in stadiums and arenas and video arcades. And it prohibits the tobacco industry from offering the motion picture industry money to advertise tobacco. Mm-hmm. You know, we will see tobacco on, on television, but this law says that the tobacco industry cannot offer money to have, you know, your, your celebrities use tobacco on the big screen. Right. But we the, still see product placement, don't we? Um, we see characters in the movie smoking when there's no real reason for them to be a smoker in terms of the plot. Exactly. We still see product placement. Now, again, the, that law, the Master Settlement Agreement, says that the tobacco industry can't offer the 
motion picture industry money to advertise tobacco, but we know that the tobacco industry, they have enough money to break the law and cover, you know, any financial penalty that might recall, that might occur as a result of a lawsuit. They have the money to cover that. Mm. Uh, and, and the tobacco industry, they have, they have a history of coming consistently close to violating these laws. They, they have violated these laws. Um, and that's why it's so important for us to know the laws that are meant to protect us and also, um, you know, understand the importance of monitoring what the tobacco industry is doing. Mm-hmm. Well, you started your company, Follow the Signs, to educate people about everything that we've been talking about today. Um, but that that kind of was born in, in, in the middle of all the corporate bullying that you experienced. And again, I want to remind listeners that they can hear your whole story about corporate bullying and um, the abuse that you endured in your life, um, depression and even suicide attempts. Um, and and the tobacco industry was was not unrelated to some of the things that you suffered through in life. So again, you can go to drpegradio.com to listen to LaTanisha Wright's interview called Cor- Corporate Bullying Saved Her Life. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about the ways that people can quit. Again, we don't want to provide all this information to condemn those of you who are smokers or if you have a loved one who's a smoker. When we return, you'll learn some really practical strategies about how to quit. And this is Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. My guest today is La Tanisha Wright, big tobacco marketing executive and author of the book, Corporate Bullying Saved My Life. You can learn more about her at follow-the-signs.com. And again, for information on my mental health and wellness and safety workshops and consulting, go to drpegradio.com. We'll hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Don't go away. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional, evidence-based, advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or act of terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based, advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and Emotion. SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm talking with Latanisha Wright, and you can learn more about her at follow-the-signs.com. Thank you so much, Latanisha, for sharing such important and helpful information. It's pretty sobering, though. It's a, it's a bit disturbing for the veil to be pulled back over uh, the uh, tobacco industry. Yeah, it it is. I mean, it's it's uh, an addictive habit, and it's 
there's just so much to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, share with the listeners what, what they can do to quit. Maybe they have wanted to quit. Um, maybe they never really thought about it. I've, I've worked with people as a therapist who say they actually like smoking. I used to do some clinical uh, hypnosis, and I'd get a lot of uh, requests from smokers. And um, my philosophy on it is, um, you know, you'll, you'll quit when you are ready to quit, at least in terms of the behaviors. We know nicotine is addictive. But so many people, actually, when you really probe them, they don't really want to quit. They actually like smoking. It brings them enjoyment. And that's separate and apart from the addictive nature of the nicotine. But let's say someone's listening and they do feel, you know what, I'm done. I, I realize just how dangerous this is, just how corrupt the industry is. I don't want to be a pawn in their profit scheme, and I want to be healthy. What can you share with the listeners, um, those who are ready to quit or someone who has a loved one, that they can pass this information on to help them? Well, um, it's important to know that we are all burdened by tobacco in one form or another, you know, whether it be financial, whether, you know, your pack of cigarettes is hitting your pockets or whether it's physical. Um one thing I like to tell smokers is that it costs the tobacco industry one penny to make a cigarette. So your pack of 20 cigarettes, that's 20 cents. How much money are you spending? You know, how much money are you wasting, rather? Wow. Um, you know, tobacco use, it is the number one preventable cause of death and disability in the United States and the world. So if you're thinking about smoking, uh, just know it is preventable. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of folks, when they try to quit, they have several quit attempts and they get discouraged by that. You know, they feel like, oh, I can't quit. I, I cannot quit. Just keep trying. Keep trying. That's the best thing you can do. Um, there are many benefits to quitting. You know, just after one year after quitting, your risk for a heart attack drops sharply. Uh, within two to five years after quitting, your risk for a stroke could fall to about the same as a non-smoker. Um, if you quit, your risk for cancers of the mouth, throat, esophagus, and bladder drop by half within five years. Ten years after you quit, your risk for lung cancer drops by half. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of health benefits to quitting. I've heard a, um, a few ladies say that they, they enjoy smoking because it, it has mild antidepressant or your, your nicotine works as a mild antidepressant and also keeps them thin. Um, you know, there, there are ways to get around that. Start exercising. Start walking. You know, if you're, if you feel like you're going to gain weight because you're, you quit, start, start walking. You can also, um, speak with your physician and discuss, and discuss the best quit method for you. You know, you, 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 you might be able to go into a store and buy the patch or buy, uh, the gum and that might help you. It might not. You know, uh, you might be able to quit cooking. You might, quit cold turkey you might not or you might need a prescription uh, the best thing to do is to try and keep trying and don't get discouraged another thing is if, if you do quit smoking um let your loved ones know let your friends know hey i'm, I'm not smoking I'm, I'm quitting and let them know that you don't need for them to smoke around you and that that might be uh hard for you especially if you have a, a boyfriend or a spouse or uh, you know, a best friend that smokes cigarettes, you might need to ask them, can you do this with me? Can you quit smoking smoking with me? Can we do this together? Uh, but whatever whatever happens, do what you have to do to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, to prevent youth and loved ones from using tobacco, it's important just to learn as much as you can about the hazards of tobacco products. Um, 
you can visit the Follow the Signs website, www.follow-d-signs.com to learn more. Uh, there are several different websites out there, smokefree.gov. Um, if, you, if you're not really into the Internet thing, you can call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Uh, there are just a ton of resources out there. Um, but for those of you out there that are wanting to quit, just don't give up. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying um, some people do have success with cold turkey. My father was a smoker for many, many decades, and he quit cold turkey. I'm not sure if he quit cold turkey many times, but I just recall that one day he just made up his mind to stop smoking. Not everyone can do that. And so is the is the cutting back method effective? So say you do smoke a pack a day, what would be some actual practical strategies around cutting back as a method of quitting? Well, um, well, first, like you said, there are people that can quit cold turkey the first time. My grandfather is one of them. Um, but my, my stepbrother, he, he had a, a difficult time quitting smoking cigarettes. So what he did was he did cut back. Instead of smoking a pack per day, you know, 20 packs per day, he would drop down to 19, drop down to 18. And it took him a very long time. And that did, it, it, it was successful for him for a period of time. You know, he just cut back on the cigarettes for, for a period of time. And then he had a, a time in his life where he became stressed out and he said, well, I need to pick up this habit again. I now need the, you know, the nicotine. And instead of using nicotine or, or cigarettes, he began to use electronic cigarettes. Um, and he thought for a period that was helping him. But then he became stressed out again and became a dual user of cigarettes and, uh, you know, electronic cigarettes. And it's just important to know that if you're trying to quit, you can try to cut back on your cigarettes, sure. But also try a nicotine replacement therapy or some sort of um, medication if you need that. You know, do what you have to do. But don't use the electronic cigarettes as a cessation product. It's not a, a cessation product. It's not, meant, it's not designed to help you to quit. Mm-hmm. It's designed to sustain addiction. And may even escalate the addiction because of some of the um, strategies you mentioned in terms of the flavoring and even increased levels of nicotine. Exactly. I, I mean, my stepbrother, he just had the hardest time, you know, um, putting down the electronic cigarette because of the flavors. And then with the, he wasn't getting enough nicotine with the e-cigs, so he was using the regular cigarette. Both, yeah. And he actually had his, his e-cig explode in his car, and that's another hazard. Oh you know, these electronic products, they do explode. Wow. And um, they, that can cause some, some, some severe uh, issues or severe health issues. Mm-hmm. So in, in terms of cutting back, making a commitment, I'm going to have one less cigarette per day, or I'll delay smoking an hour before I light up, or I'll wait until after a certain amount of time or event occurs. So any kind of strategy that might delay or cut back. But I heard you use a really key phrase here. You kept saying stress and stress management. Um, People pick up cigarettes as a way to manage their stress. Right, right. Um, You know, and the the tobacco industry knows this. Uh, You'll notice that, or if you start to pay attention to advertising, you'll notice that Around the holidays, around the Christmas holidays, when people are worried and stressed about over money, over buying gifts and, you know, hosting families at their house, 
you'll notice that at these at the retail stores that your cigarettes are heavily discounted, mm. heavily, and that's not that's not an an accident. It's not a Christmas oh, gift. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's it's not a Christmas gift. The tobacco industry knows that people are stressing out during that time, and they offer heavy discounts. Mm. Um, you'll also notice that in uh, your low income communities, where folks might have higher stress because they don't, some don't have a job, they don't have transportation, they they're not you know able to eat. Um, you'll see that the stores are plastered with tobacco mm. ads. The plat- and that's on purpose. You know, there's there's a difference in marketing. You won't see that in your your mid to high income communities, but you'll see more advertising in your low income communities. Mm-hmm. So for those folks that do reside in a lower income community, if you're trying to quit, and um, you know you're doing everything you need to do to quit, be careful if you can of where you go to buy your, your, your gasoline, you know, because when, when you're pumping your gasoline, let's say you wake up in the morning, you say, I want to quit. You go to the gas station, you're pumping your gasoline. Mm. What you're going to see on the front of that store is tobacco ads. If you can pay at the pump, pay at the pump. Don't go inside because inside of that store, what you're going to see are tobacco ads and tobacco displays and tobacco promotions to buy one, get one free. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, you have to be aware of how this marketing does play a role in tobacco use, you know, and people making tobacco purchases. Mm-hmm. Well, and as a psychologist, I know that an important strategy is not only what are you going to stop doing, I'm going to cut back on cigarettes, I want to quit smoking, but what will you do instead? And so you did offer some other alternatives in terms of exercise, um, n- nicotine replacement products that are that are designed to help you taper off with the nicotine addiction in a more comfortable way. Um, I'm, you might decide instead of smoking, I'm going to spend more time in prayer or I'm going to spend time journaling. I'm going to spend time socializing because that's something that I see a lot of smokers uh, who take cigarette breaks during the day. It's a very festive time out there. You know, they look like they're having so much fun huddled in the cold <laughs> with other fellow smokers. So you might miss that camaraderie and that companionship. So it, some of it is also having a plan of what will you do instead? What will you do in its place that's healthy and health-promoting? Uh, La Tanisha Wright, thank you so much for being my guest again on the program. Thank you. Listeners, um, if you want to quit smoking, again, you can go to 1-800-QUIT-NOW or go to follow-the-signs.com for La Tanisha's uh, helpful resources Uh, remember that if you're interested in mental health and wellness and safety training and consulting, please reach out to me at drpegradio.com. My guest has been La Tanisha Wright, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Living Well with Dr. Pegg. Living Well with Dr. Pegg is brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. If you'd like to learn more about the show, our sponsor, or mental health consulting and publishing services, visit www.drpegradio.com. Remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS-FM for Living Well with Dr. Pegg.